So um, my parents, in our in their uh, very generous uh, nature, sure. um, <clears throat> gave my Anna and, and myself uh, a car, uh, their old car actually. Um, Excellent. You know, we were we've been talking a little bit about you know potentially. I haven't had a car for 14 years, and hasn't had a car since high school. I'm not going to tell you her age, so you assholes can't figure out <laughs> all that stuff. But um, so four years she hasn't. So had four a car? years she yeah. hasn't had a car. <clears throat> uh, no, six years. So. Let's be fair. Come on, man. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyways, so we have so neither of us have had cars for a long time, and um, so it's weird having a car, uh, you know, to get to places and stuff. Um, but what's, I I kind of think, her folks gave us a lemon, because Ooh. ever since we got the car, there's been shit going wrong with the car, and so like first it was like they, it's so it's a it's a, a Ford Fusion, so it's an electric, it's a hybrid electric, you know, gas engine. Um, we're Basically, we got the car so we could go back and forth to Madison to see her folks, but also, like, we have a car when the kid comes. Um, but in the summer, when we were trying to go back and forth to Madison, like, the, the engine would overheat. Or, like, it would have to shut the... We have to literally pull off the side of the road or get off a, uh, an exit ramp, stop the car, turn the car on, and everything was fine. And okay. Do it for, like... Once it, once it did it, it, every, it would do it every, like, you know, 30 miles or so. So it was just a really pain in the ass to get back to St. Paul from Madison or get to Madison from St. Paul. And then um, we had an issue. Now we're having issues with the tire. Like, a, like one of the tires is like perpetually like low pressure. Like it just like I fill it up two days later. Like it's below the, the threshold. Sure. And then the check engine light just came on. So I'm just I'm kind of wondering like, did my in-laws give us a lemon of a car? It's kind of I mean, it's free. So yeah, yeah. It can only be so lemony. Yeah. You know? but, but it's only it's you know it's 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 ten years old. It's got like two hundred fifty thousand miles on it. But it's. You know, it's got basically two engines. It has an electric engine and a gas engine. So, I'm so now I'm just now I'm, as I was driving over here today, I was like, I wonder if her parents just gave us a lemon of a car. It's a tough relationship <laughs> thing. Like, what's the right thing to say to them? You know, it's uh, they've put you in a tricky spot. You sure. know, how are you supposed to respond? To be fair, like the, the the tires still have warranties on them, so I just need to go to Firestone and get the tire replaced because the tire's under warranty. Oh. But I don't know. I've you know the check engine light. Like I said, I, I haven't had a car in 14 years. I and Certainly not had a car with an electric engine. Like I know some shit about cars. I used to, you know, work for a, a car rental company, basically. So I know some shit. But I don't know really if your check if your check light. engine light comes on, one of the key things you can do is just put a little piece of uh, electrical tape over <laughs> just, it. Yeah. And then it goes away. And it goes away pretty quickly. Yeah. All right. Good to pretty know. Simple. Yeah. It's good advice. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Prince, man. Good Who is music. this? It's Prince. Oh, is this Prince? Yeah. It's actually, they have a very good uh, uh, soundtrack tonight at the bar at uh, Fitzgerald's. It's a danceable it's soundtrack. It's dancey. It's a little, like, you know, uh, late 80s, early 90s yeah. kind of hip-hop. 
got a little hip hop R&B vibe to it. So yeah, it's good. I like it. It's a good one. I know Natalie, you hate Prince, but no, I don't hate Prince. I just don't love. I don't adore Prince the way that many okay. Minnesotans do. That's it. All right. Prince is always middling to me, and that's it. Okay. If you could see the fucking red, <laughs> swollen anger in his face right now. Uh, did you see? So this is slightly off soccer topic, but um, do you see the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, Prince uh, themed uh, shirt, like jerseys and stuff that they're gonna wear? No. Oh, dude, they're fucking tight. They're right. awesome. Yeah, they look like it's like the font from the Purple Rain album cover. Like, okay. This is Wolves and this is Minneapolis, and then I saw some pictures of some uh, of the shoes, like they're like literally like purple and like yeah, like Prince themed shoes pretty i mean i don't watch basketball and and i probably never would but i would probably wear that jersey I, you know i wear that jersey i don't somewhere. i don't think liverpoolians worship the beatles the way that you fucks worship prince <laughs> i disagree i think they do, do I think, they? yes i think well it would yes. certainly be more deserved but oh co- oh come on are, are we going to get into an argument about who's better, Prince or the Beatles? I'm, I'm not saying I'm not going to argue who's better. I'm saying Prince is way, way, way more prolific than the Beatles were. What? Way just more in terms prolific. of volume in ter- of output? In terms of output, in terms of uh, uh, differentiation of style, we can have this what? debate if we want. Differentiation this might be a, of this style. Might be a, oh yeah. Listen you to Sergeant Pepper. It goes from when I'm 64. Which is the most Paul yeah, you McCartney have, you jerk have, off? You have not listened to any single Prince with, album. It's all clarinet. It's all it is is a clarinet <laughs> solo, and then they move into fucking George Harrison within you, without you. Yeah. No, no, I know. And I, you're going to tell I'm, me Prince hasn't one up for? I, I, oh yes, my god, I'm going to. This is the I, dumbest conversation. You've ever, <laughs> look, I all I've ever said was that Prince is just okay to me. That's it. It's all the only farther I've ever taken it. And you're out here fucking saying stupid shit now. All right, well. You're forcing me to get angry about something I was never passionate about to begin with. Well, get angry, man. I am fucking angry. That's <laughs> the dumbest opinion you've ever had. That is, okay, that is, that is, not, the, that is not the dumbest opinion you've had I've some, ever yeah, had. You've had some no, dumb that's opinions. No, that's really fucking dumb opinions. That is not the dumbest opinion yeah, I've ever had. Because that's a correct opinion. So I think we just need a Prince Patreon podcast. Yeah, that's maybe. that's maybe all we need. That, yeah. Which reminds me, before we get into the soccer-oriented content, yeah. if you like the content you hear each week, if you think you've learned a little bit more about our beloved United or just about soccer in general, or you want to enjoy the high quality of content and audio we occasionally try <laughs> our best to put out, uh, consider supporting our Patreon. Uh, even a dollar a month helps, and all the funds go toward updating and replacing the recording equipment, paying SoundCloud and uh, website dues, which are... Uh, staggering, by the way. Um, <laughs> Patreon.com slash the Daves I know to help support the Daves you know. Yep. And thank you to those who do. Yeah, we just put out a, uh, a Patreon podcast uh, earlier this week. Yep. Yeah, earlier this week. Mean um, Tweets podcast. Yeah, Mean Tweets podcast. We'll have another one coming out soon, and then we're we're brainstorming uh, what the next one will be. Um, so if you have suggestions for that too, um, especially if you're a Patreon. Hit us up. Let us know. Um, Prince versus the Beatles. I could Prince be the versus one. the Beatles. That might be a good one. Jesus so. Christ. Um, I don't want to talk about yeah, that anymore. That's, that's I don't want to talk uh, about Patreon either. Because yeah, now that? I associate Patreon with this argument. No, it's not. Too, we don't want to do that because I so. want you to continue to help do okay. Patreon content with me. So. God in heaven. <laughs> what the hell just happened? Ah, uh, man. What the hell did just happen? Well, well let's start. Let's. I, we always start off with a positive sure. before we even get to the best moment. I want to say I did not even believe knowing the attendance numbers for that was going to happen on Sunday. I didn't believe how full TCF could look. Yeah. with that crowd. Yeah, it looked like there wasn't anywhere to sit, and that's there was. I mean, pretty there, were, there were definitely some empty, empty rows and stuff like in the upper deck, but it was, it was packed. The supporter section, 
was absolutely packed. Um, it was like butts to nuts. Like it was, it's the, it's the it's the you know the most packed. Obviously the most packed it's ever been. Yeah, literally. But I remember like there's like there's some like definitely some uh, NSC games where the supporter section would be like that where you know. I mean that was spread out a lot, but like there would be people like all the people were in the sands, like you know up, up and down, and, and it was it was back to those days where like you literally had no place to move. Like it's a great you feeling, know, which is great. Um, that was fantastic, um, and uh, so yeah. So I mean yes, that was that was great. That was that was exactly what the team. I mean credit to the to the team and to the um, uh, to ticket like ticket staff or whatever. Like they had a goal and they and they hit their goal and you know what, there are how many. Those things are actually sold versus distributed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, who knows what the actual yeah. breakdown is there, but um, the, there were people in the stands. Sure, yeah, so and, the, and the, whatever. And the fact that the team finished the te- the team finished with a, a, an average attendance of uh, uh, was it's like over like over twenty three thousand people for mm-hmm. the year, um, which is great. Which is actually among yeah, the better teams in MLS. I think it's better than every other team in uh, Minnesota, except for maybe the, Vi- the Vikings, except for the Vikings. Yeah. And it may be even better than the Twins. Uh, granted, those are different lengths in season and and yeah, all yeah. that. Like with the Wild and, and, and with the and the, and the you know the buildings are obviously are, are uh, a constraint on the Wild and um, it's, not, it's not a competition. It's about but, saying we are in that conversation yeah. and there's no reason we shouldn't be. I mean, it definitely like you know makes this this is a this is a legitimately a five sport and six if you consider the if you add the links, which I definitely would like mm-hmm. a six team market. Mm-hmm. You know um, that these teams legitimately draw and. You know, you know. Listen, I, I watched a very brief bit of the Wolves game and then saw the attendance. Like they had about ten thousand people in yeah. Target Center on Monday. Um, so you know, could argue that the Wild or that the, the uh, you know, you could argue United. that the Minnesota United is is you know, in terms of like actual attendance at the at the game. You know, maybe the second or third most popular, but. Obviously, you don't factor in. That's not factoring in actual TV stuff and all nobody that wants stuff, to watch which, it on TV. Which we, yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of the whole other point. So well, that, it comes that comes down to the supporters. They make it a cool place to be. I think. So uh, we've we've given that a little, little bit of puff, right? Let's talk about the game itself, which is sure. less easy to be positive <laughs> about. Yeah. What was your best moment of the game? Well, again, I mean, this is this is actually literally before the game started. The uh, you weren't at the game, so you didn't see no, this. I wasn't. The intro. So if you weren't if you weren't at the game, if you go to uh, Eric Durkey's Instagram feed, um, he is uh, he is the communications uh, the PR guy for Minnesota United. Um, I have a fun I have a funny story about Durkey. I'll tell it in another podcast. Um, but it's, I think it's Durkey. So D U R K E, and I think there's two more E's like Durkey. If you go to his Instagram feed, um, you can see the intro for Zlatan on there, and it's they were you know obviously if you if you've been to a game you hear the the. The, the, the uh, PA announcer announces the name of the player for the other team, and then uh, the supporters group yells "Who?" Uh, and there, and the, you know, the picture shows up. And then for the last couple of games, there's been some guys who like had literally have not gotten MLS starts, so they, have, they don't, literally don't have a picture of them. It's just it's an outline of a person. Like at the Colorado Rapids game last week, there was like two guys. Like they didn't even have pictures, so there's like person outlines. And so uh, it's easy to say who. Yeah, easy to say who. It made it funnier. Um, for the Sultan one, they literally it was just. Put up a, a thing that said "image not found." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. It was, that's amazing. It was awesome, and everybody, <laughs> like literally, everybody cheered. Um, and then, like uh, uh, Bruce Den- uh, Bruce McGuire uh, Dunord was down on the field. And he's like, "Why is everybody cheering for Lizatan?" And then he found out later that it was oh because they put up the image not found. <laughs> that is <laughs> like perfect. That little, you know, the, the font and whatever. And then, uh, yeah, then it went to the next thing. Went to like Ola Holy shit. Yeah. It was so. Perfect troll game by. I mean, you, you say say what you want about Minnesota United, like the the social media web people, the like the like the inter, like the the media people are are really good. They get a lot I of think, stuff and right. 
Yeah, when and that's that, not on the field. And I consider that. I mean, I you know, I really for like all the shit I gave Jimmy Watson, like and 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 Cal and, and those guys, like I think they do. In terms of like MLS announcing crews, I think they do a really really good job. I think so. Um, you know, I, I like what they do bring. They're not they're not super homery. Like some of the like some MLS yeah, some crews are, are, are really I bad. I watched the Rams <clears throat> game once. That so was pretty hard to yeah, watch. And, yeah, and then and then the stuff they do afterwards, like the, the graphics they they design, the videos they produce, like everything they do is like I really don't have any issues with with what like what the you know media PR folks are putting out in terms of that stuff. Um, even that sounds the Lude podcast is really good in terms of like giving you a little bit more insight into what's going on with mm-hmm. inside the club. So yeah, uh, so I'll, you know give those guys all the credit on the, like so for off the field stuff. They're they're doing a great job, but especially when they're yeah. working with. The product that we have on the field in terms of what they can do and what they're what they're that, that we can the highlights the, that they're giving them to work with. So. Yes, yes, they. Uh, so yeah, so that was my best moment of the they game. They spin it gold was, out of straw. Yeah, it was the intro for Zlatan, like okay. perfect troll game by Minnesota United. No, that's great. I, I I chose one on the field. I did watch the game from home, um, and the easiest thing to say would be our goal. And so because it was obviously a, a highlight it was, I mean, just it was, because was, of what exists, was, but yeah. it was a well taken header. Um, it, you know, he he uh, obviously has had some issues finishing. This game was even an example of that. But, uh, you know, credit where it's due. He got high. He needed to redirect it backwards, which yeah. is not the easiest way to take a header. Uh, he, You know, he made it happen. So it was, it was a well-taken goal when it happened. Yeah, and Darwin had a great ball to him to, yep. to get that. Yeah. Like, I mean, Darwin, for the first, you know, 25 minutes of that game, was, was trying to will a goal out of Minnesota United. He yeah. was all over the place. Um, you know, he was doing anything he possibly could to will, mm-hmm. to will that team to a goal. And then, you know... I'm glad he got you know he got the his moment he got the his assist. It was a great, a great ball into Rodriguez. And you said like you said it was a that's a tough. It's not a that's a, that's not an easy header. You know no, it's not no. it's not putting it down into the turf. It's yep. you know so redirecting backwards and he did it. So uh, you know that was a great moment for me. Yeah. Uh, there were more worst moments. What was your worst <laughs> moment of the game? Uh, I mean I'm gonna say that four minutes uh, where they scored the two goals just so quickly. Sure, sure. Um, you know Ashley Cole, just lo- like shaking Miguel Ibarra, which didn't happen much this year. Um, you know, Miguel Barra is. I don't think. I think that's one thing that he doesn't get a lot of credit for is his defending. I think he does a really good job tracking back. But there's been a couple in this in this last sort of, you know, third quarter of the season. There's been a couple times where he's been like tracking back, but like not tracking back all the way. I don't know if it's just if he's just tired because as we've talked, he plays about, like every just, single. He game. plays every single game. He plays all 90 minutes, and he's yeah. running all over the field. Yeah. Um, you know, all over the pitch. So Ashley Cole loses him, uh, and you know he gets. Uh, and then that Alessandrini, like literally, like forty-five seconds later, mm-hmm. you know he's, we, you know, we talk about him all the time uh, when we talk about you know the LA Galaxy, and like that dude seems to score a goal against Minnesota every single fucking yep. time. Yep. And that four minutes, literally, like game was one nothing at at that point. You know, we had just had, uh, and I'll talk about uh, this in the what the fuck moment, but like had almost had a shot like towards the end of the first half to even it up. Look like, hey, this is an even game. We got a shot here. And then bang, bang, and we're fucking done. Yep. Um, and that was for me. Of, uh, yeah, and then literally like grasp so 90 quickly. seconds later, we get the, the Rodriguez goal, and it's like gives us a little bit of hope. But it's like not really. Like yeah. no one we've actually seen, thought we've seen this script play yeah, out Yeah, no one actually yeah. thought we were in that game. So, no. so yeah, so that went for me. Like that four minutes, that four-minute stretch starting in the 50th minute, just – it was. It happened so fucking fast. Like we yep. just couldn't even. We couldn't even wrap our minds around it. I think in the supporter section or in, in the rest of the stadium. So like, deflating. It's like after the, even the Zlatan goal where where he scored. Like the this crowd was still into it. Like they yeah, were still loud. Like, you're gonna give up a goal. And it happens. Cheer, yeah, and they were gonna, yeah. You're, yeah, you're gonna give up one to the Zlatan. Whatever it happens. Um, but the crowd was still into it. Like everybody's cheering. But they scored that first goal. And it's like okay. And then literally like it's like 90 seconds later they scored the second goal and you could just. Feel the place like deflate, just, yeah, for a, yep. for a little bit. It came back, but it, like how many how many fans down. were there for the first time 
that were virgins to this sentiment that didn't know. Oh God, this happens all the time. This is what it's like. Well, thirty-one thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I so actually yeah. had this Laton goal as okay. my worst moment. And I did for a second, and I, then I then was thinking about this game a little more. That's that's. Yeah, I mean, that was a rough patch. Yeah. The patch you described obviously was really deflating. Yeah. This Laton goal for me was well i'll get into it for a second but i want to start by saying this uh zlatan actually only had a few touches before the goal he took there so it isn't like we just holistically didn't plan for him we had no idea you know he only got a few touches they shut him down well ahead of the goal but on the goal you get a guy who's about seven foot nine he's a world beater and he's unmarked by either of the center backs in the in the box for a cross i mean it's it's inexcusable that was, that i don't care what kind of gap you're leaving on the field i don't care who you're leaving behind yeah. as a defender that's the one guy you can't leave open yeah. like that. And he did it and punished us, and we deserved yeah. it. Coleman had been so he was so Coleman had been man marking him and actually been doing a really good job on, yeah, on Zlatan. Yeah. He had knocked him, he had shouldered him down one time. That got a big cheer out of the crowd. Oh, of course. Um, and then Zlatan, on that sort of on that sort of cross, had sort of shifted from uh, Coleman's side of the field to the back post to Boxel's side of the field, and Boxel just didn't even pick him up at all. You, you can see. You're watching the replay. Like the distance between Boxel and Common is probably four or five yards, and you're like, "How? That's how? Yeah, <laughs> you know." But that's so. you know, and credit to Zlatan though to see the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Yeah, shift create some confusion. There's, there's among a reason them that dude scored 500 goals, yeah. <laughs> and it's not just because he's a physical uh, yeah. lion, which he is. It's because yeah. he knows how to play the game. So, yeah. but I, I don't care. It was our mistake, and it was the worst moment for me. Uh, there's plenty of what the fuck moments as well. What was your most WTF sure. moment? Yeah, I want to say like. You know, this kind of comes back to some of the stuff that's happened the last couple of weeks. Uh, in the 39th minute, Colville had a streaking run um, from his left box spot. He fired past the goalkeeper. We thought we had scored. We thought we'd even it up, but he was offsides. Flag for offsides. He was half a step offsides. Yep. It's clearly offsides. Happy to see um, him making that kind of move, though. Yeah, and that was great. That's what we want him to do on, on as a bluff back. But what is with this fucking team and, and not sides, being able yeah. to stay onsides? That is a that's a mental thing. It's, if it's once in a while, we're like especially when, especially on clear, easy goal-scoring opportunities, like like the the two goals last week against Colorado, uh, the three goals against Colorado last week that you know basically got tur- uh, called offside. Uh, this goal, um, you don't have to you you're gonna score that goal if you stay onside. Mm-hmm. You know you don't need to you don't need to try and push it. Um, and I, I, for me, that's a that's a mental thing. That's a that's a coaching thing. Um, clearly, the, the coach is not doing a good enough job of, of you know, you know, making sure that these players are staying on sides um, to give themselves like the, the good opportunity to score. So well, you know, there's there's. Two that was, I mean, mo- mo- I guess mostly it was like just a combination of like, just a combination of like just this shit happens every week. Yeah, we, every week. We Mental mistakes much, on both offense and defense, and the ones on offense have been killing us. The ones on defense haven't really been killing us until this week, but the ones on like, offense have certainly been killing us. Week like in and week out. Last last two games, I think we've missed out on four goals. Yeah, uh, for yeah. offsides. And um, th- they sh- th- th- there's no reason to be offsides on that one. Yeah. So, so, so like I mean, there's two kinds of offsides, right? There's if you're offside, if you're making a run, and you're making an unimpeded run, and the pass comes a little bit too late, that's on whoever delivered the pass for sure. not delivering it at the right time. If it's one of those situations where you're just kind of lingering, loitering over the back shoulder of the defenders, the line is sort of retreating. You're trying to retreat with it. That's on you. You got to yeah. find the right balance there. Yeah. And so two Arigas so, were easily on him last week. Those run him, and, that, and, and that's part of the point. And maybe there. this one is, is a little bit on the. But I, I, 
just rewatching the goal. I don't think it was. I think Calvo could have he could have checked held up a little bit okay, yeah. and, and still and still got into that ball and put that ball past Bingham. And then it's hey man, it's one one going yep. into halftime. Everything and to knows, play for, yeah. You know. Anyways, I, what was your most what the fuck moment? It was again? it was for me. It was definitely the Brent Coleman clearance right off the line. Uh, <laughs> ball going in. Now at that point, the game is still within reach. It feels like it really matters. Um, ball is trickling there. I thought we had no hope there. Everything played out the way it played out. It's fine. For me, it was just—it was mostly just like one of the most exciting moments of the game. Yeah. The goals were, you know, even the goal we got was not as exciting as that kind of oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh yes. And yeah. we talked about it before. Those goals go go in 99% of the time for us. Yeah. I mean, the, the little things we pay for them. Yeah. And uh, this is one chance where we got lucky enough to not have to pay for it. Largely due to the hustle, you know, on the back line. So, you know, again, credit where it's due. That was an exciting moment. Yeah. Um, referee? I, you know, I, B minus. I think it was just, you know, it's fine. I felt really good about it. Here's one thing I'll call out. In, uh, we saw a little bit of this last week, but they did it really well this week. Both Angelo Rodriguez calls appear to have been correct. Uh, having been offside, that's more on the, uh, obviously not on the main referee, but on the, the guys on the sideline. Um, but what's cool about it is they were even smart enough to let those shots happen in the moment because if they go in, it becomes VAR-able yeah. uh, because it's a goal, and then you can you can review it. So instead of raising the flag right away, it was close. They let the play happen, give themselves at least the opportunity to go back if they need to. Uh, ultimately, they called both offsides. I think both were correct, but th- that's a little thing beyond getting the calls right. It's about doing it right sure. that uh, they did well. So I was, I was fine with the referee. There, were, there weren't, you know... Yeah. There wasn't a fucking fight that broke out. So, you know, you know the, the game got chippy towards the end when um, after Rodriguez scored, you know, felt like a little bit of momentum came back for Minnesota and the Galaxy were just in no position. And, and I don't think they wanted to run with Minnesota either. So they were just, you know, they started getting chippy and there's a lot of, you know, whistles towards the, you know, towards the end of the game. But that was basically LA just trying to keep Minnesota from building Classic any sort of momentum, which is, you know, exactly what, yeah, exactly what is Let me ask you, this is off topic for the, what we have in the notes here, but um, if you are coaching the Galaxy, Zlatan wouldn't have started anyways, except that it was such a crucial game. Sure. How are you leaving Zlatan on the whole time? Especially when you, yeah, you have I, that lead. They had the lead. You they don't had, need to play offensively. And, and Dominic Kinnear only used two subs. Yeah. You pulled why Adrian on Heath. <laughs> why you on Heath? And, and you're and you're, and you're playing us. I yeah. mean, I, not to be overly negative for no reason, and, but well, I mean, clearly, clearly Zlatan uh, was not. Um, he was not pushing like he had been. Oh, of course. Earlier yeah. in the, so, like, I guess if you're. But if he you, also took a couple of tackles hard he did, after that. Yeah, t- I which, mean, that's. I mean, take that's. Take him off. That's. I, yeah, I don't understand. I, I kind of thought. I thought it would go one or two ways. Either he would start and they would get a lead. He'd come off after about 60 minutes, which would have been. That was like a per, script, perfect script for it. Yeah, yeah. Up 3 1, take yep. him off. You, he, he got a goal and an assist. Yeah, plenty of options off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, or he. Or, you know. You start the game without him on. You see how it's going at halftime. If you need him, you bring him on at, at halftime. He's the dagger, yeah. And then, yeah, you, you know, you get that you know get that goal that you need from him. Put him out there for 90 minutes. So it, it, weird it was it was the perfect script for what I wanted, which was basically like, you know, it made sense. You know, coming into a game uh, cold is, is always tough. You know, so yeah. it made sense to start him, let him get the feel of the game. You know, he obviously yeah. got that goal in the 30th minute, um, and then you know. See how it's going, and then yeah, like sixty minutes, you take him off because boom, you, you don't need him anymore. So if he would have gotten hurt, then uh, Dom Kinnear would have been running the fuck yeah, out of town. Yeah, I don't probably rightfully so. You know, and, and my guess is that my guess is that Dom is that you know Dom told pulled him aside, or he must have talked to him before and said, "You let me know if you want me to, if you need to come off," because sure. clearly, I mean, clearly he didn't want it. it wasn't maybe, like he was maybe like, he didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, maybe he didn't want to come off. So you know, Zlatan has a lot of pride. 
as, as evidenced by his post-game quotes. Fuck this guy. <laughs> a lot so. of people think that he's just... Um, He's really cool. Like he's just this over-the-top Will Ferrell character, basically. Yeah, he's I just think a he's just, I think he's just a douchebag. Yeah. Whatever happened to go- being a douchebag? Clearly, it lives on in this podcast. Yeah. You know? I don't know. We got two last things. Uh, uh, who is the uh, Freddie Adu Award winner for Star of the Game? Well, we kind of. I have two. We kind of alluded to at the beginning. Like the crowd. I thought the crowd was amazing. Um, you know, we, we talked. You they said, had no said, goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No goals and no assists. Yeah, no goals, no go- no assists. Although Notch got a touch. He did. On the K-Po stand. <laughs> we had a couple, couple, couple <laughs> he, touches on the K-Po put, stand, he put, his head, he put his head on it. Yeah. Um, but, no, I think just the we, – clearly we can see that, like, that there is uh, an appetite for soccer in Minnesota, which is great. But uh, but in terms of the players on the field, I thought Coleman had a had a very, very good game. Um, you know, man-marking the time most yeah. of the match. Uh, that clearance that you mentioned, I didn't even, you know – was I kind of forgot about that clearance that you mentioned. Yeah. It. Like that was just a, that was absolutely amazing. That was a pulse counter. Um, he, you know, and you know, he buoyed. I think potentially by playing in front of fifty thousand Minnesotans. Like that's amazing. Like that kid grew up in Minnesota. I wish, uh, I wish more would have experienced this. Yeah, he, booing you know, I'm effect. sure he dreamed about like playing in front of fifty-two thousand people, um, and never thought it would probably happen. You know, so I thought he had the the best game for Minnesota. You know, in spite of Rodriguez's great uh, header, um, I'll give it to Coleman. Yeah, I can't give it to Rodriguez because he also had misses that he has no yeah. fucking excuse. Yeah, look, you're not going to make every goal, okay? Even when you have great opportunities, strikers, A, are going to run hot and cold because that's just yep. how strikers work, and B, you're going to miss shots that you could, and it's easy to blame them, but the game's happening 1,000 miles an hour, and it is what it is. He misses too many. Yeah. He misses too fucking many. Anyways, so, no, he's not my uh, Freddie Adu award winner for the star of the game. Uh, I, I threw out Eric Miller. I think he did some fullback stuff, show, showed that he can get high as a fullback. I think we were all getting high after that game. Uh, but, <laughs> I, you know, actually, but I literally did. I, I believe that. <laughs> you know, but he got high, which is something I, I think yeah. would be an exciting addition. You think about, and I think that complements Miguel Ibarra well if he continues to play wing back or wing on the right because he can drop back and defend. Sure. And if you've got two guys that can play either direction on that side, that can become great overlapping opportunities, really confusing. I'm not going to say that Eric Miller did like a ton of amazing things, but he put in a few good crosses, which he did last week and the week before. I think the guy might be a good crosser, yeah. So, which we have very little of. Yeah, um, he's, he's he's quietly had a couple pretty good weeks. Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, with uh, Colorado and, and this game. I think so. Um, tough to – I mean, the results uh, yeah. belie that. And he's been – but he's been—he's probably been, you know, over the last two matches, probably the most consistent player. I, I uh, him. The problem okay, is, I'll give a, go sorry, ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no, I was going to say, the problem is just he's been so inconsistent in being able to be on the pitch. You know, that's yes, like, yes. That's the, that's the that's the knock on him. And yeah, you know, the, the move of Francisco Calvo to left back, which I think is the right move, has also created a, a little bit of dearth of space for defenders in the back. Sure. Because the left back spot was always a goddamn toss of the dice. Well, now it's not. Yeah. And the two center back spots are basically locked down. By the way, I don't think any of these players that I've just mentioned are grade A caliber oh, yeah. starters. Or should be here but next they year, maybe. Ha- <laughs> but they have the spot locked down. Yeah. So the right For back Heath, is the yes. only opening. Yeah. And so, but, but him getting the move there, I think it's the right move. I think we have, out of the pieces we have, yeah. I think that's the back line what do you th- that you want. What do you think that would be Jerry out of here next year then? It's so tough because I – here's the thing. I, when Jerry was playing on the right side, year one, getting forward and interacting with um, Kevin Molina when Molina was playing on the yeah. right side, they had actually a really good attacking chemistry. Not a lot they of did, people yeah. remember this, but they were doing some really great quick passes, like one-two passes, and Jerry was as good with the passing as, as uh, Molina was. Yeah. He can still do that. I think the question is going to be 
first of all, are they going to do an entire retool on defense anyways, which I, I think would be an obvious thing to assume, except that, that how, could you, how could you assume that they would do that with yeah. this team? But and if they do that, maybe there's not a spot for him. The other thing is like, is that the thing? Does Eric Miller take over the spot? Is another question. The other thing is like, is that what they want in their defense? Could they look at it and say, no, we've got to have uh, a f hell a five man backline or just really true destroyer stay at home defenders because their defense is unacceptable. There's too many questions to to, to answer. Too many of those questions have an answer that says Jerry doesn't find the right spot. Yeah, here. it's um, too bad because. I don't like any player better than I like Jerry. Yeah, what a guy. I think I think if this team is 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 even feigning, or, you know, l thinking about the idea of, of running a three five two or a five three two or whatever, I think you I think you have spots for both Jerry and, and Miller there um, to agree, get to get yes. some run out. <clears throat> now, if the team is, is dead set on the you know the four two three one that Heath likes to run, then. I don't know if they're. I mean, especially since he's a. Well, Jerry's got his green card now, so he's actually not. A, he doesn't count as international. Right. So yes. I guess that. I guess that, that changes the the calculus a little I, bit because the the green card. Factors. I would still love to see a better player at all four back. Oh, absolutely. Positions. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm for sorry, sure. Jerry. That's just how I feel. <laughs> yeah. No, we love you, Jerry. Please come on the podcast if you want. But yeah. <laughs> right. Um, uh, qu very quick. Silver yeah. star to uh, Romario Ibarra. I yes. like the work I've seen out of the guy. One of the things I like about him is out of the wing, he's willing to cut inside. He doesn't just streak down the left and you know hit a prayer ball into the middle he's willing to cut in sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah. but um i i think he's our best option at yeah. a left wing it also reduces our ability to play a left wing back type sure. of thing because he can't he's, yeah. he can't defend but no for sure that he was actually a young guy too yeah like the uh i was actually one of the things um was that seeing Ramar, seeing Ribar romario and dunlady on the pitch you know for as substitutes was was great uh, that was another thing yes. i wouldn't want to yeah highlight as well cuz Getting them out there was was good. Um, I guess that that actually is a really good transition to the shittiest player of the game, which I have two. Boxall for that, just Bo leaving yep. Ibrahimovic all alone. We don't Bo I need, Boxall won my don't award, yeah. need to say anything else. You can say more about Boxall. I'm going to talk about Adrian Heath again. Um, number one, he leaves the sub on the bench. Trying, you're chasing, you're chasing the game, right? Um, leaves, he leaves the sub on the bench. He also leaves both of his uh, rookies on the bench, Toy and Amsberg. I mean, I wanted Toy and Amsberg starting this game because. Didn't Toy get on? No, he or did was not. It just Dunlady. Just okay. Dun, it was just Dunlady and Romario. Like, okay. AK, those are the only two who came on. Um, what the fuck is he doing? Like, you're not clearly, it, it, for, by all indications, he's not playing for his job. So it's like, play the. Why is he not playing the kids? Unless, yeah. unless for some reason he dice. is playing for his job. In which, in which case, what the fuck are you doing? Leaving, you know, leaving uh, a, an extra sub on the bench. I don't. I just. I don't understand. The, I'd like to just get like John Malkovich style, like get in his head and just be like. Figure out what the fuck's going on. And Adrian Heath said, "It would probably be just as fucked up an yeah, experience no, I'm sure. as that movie is." The let me let me say this. Um, this was not his worst game tactically. I the, leaving a third sub on the bench when you're behind in that situation. I I don't especially again, no. When you've got young really guys you want to get experience. Game, yeah. So yeah, I agree. But uh, honestly, you bring on Abu Dunlani. That's an addition I like. It's a young guy getting him minutes, nursing him back from health. What he did tactically there is he moved Miguel Ibarra back into uh, into a fullback spot, yeah. and he brought on Delati. He's adding an attacking flair on that side. He clearly knows he's behind. I think tactically that was a really good move. You've got Miguel Ibarra who can obviously get forward and be an attacking presence, and you've got Delati on the same side. That's a good move. Bringing on Romario Ibarra, that's a good move. He's at least bringing on attackers. He's seeing a, a tactical shift that comes with him. It's not a like-for-like like sub. I think with the two subs, he did a really good job. I think he did the right things. Remember Dunlady and Romario both coming back from injuries, neither maybe 90 minutes ready, you know? Yeah. 
astronauts. To be fair, he did bring in Romario in like the 60th minute, which was you know like yeah, the earliest I, I think he's ever brought in a the, sub. The, probably that he have to do out of yeah. out of injury. You know, the, the two subs he brought on and the tactics he used to integrate them were spot on. Why he didn't use a third sub is fucking beyond me. I don't. I, and, I don't have an answer. I just. I don't that. get. I mean, if you talk about tactically, I don't get the. There was. Uh, I can't remember who posted this. I mean, I saw it on Twitter a couple days ago. Of just like the stats between this team with Ramirez and this team with Rodriguez in terms of like, because Ramirez is more of a passing, uh, you know, pass first sort of uh, central forward. Rodriguez is the you know take the ball down, muscle people out, and yeah. the. the all the stats, the you know potential expected goals, all that stuff, actual goals, way better with Ramirez than with Rodriguez in terms of like a grab, grab, take the ball down, holding you know holding central central forward. It's just I, I don't I, so I, I guess I you know yeah he scored a goal and, and Rodriguez to his credit has actually after a really really slow start has actually you know he's his goal scoring rate is not terrible. Um, you know I think he certainly deserves. Uh, you know, deserves probably you know a preseason and you know at least a, a good half of a of a next season to sort of determine whether or not. And clearly next year he will not be a DP. He'll be you know, Tam buy down his salary. So which which will you know should <laughs> that was by the, we haven't talked much about how we added a second DP, but really it's just because we paid him more money. That was yeah. the only thing you can have. You can have three DPS if you take yeah. the shittiest players in the league and just pay them too much. That yeah, was well, always a DP. Yeah, well, no, we, we, yeah, we paid a ridiculous strike transfer fee for him or whatever. So anyway. <clears throat> and then yeah, so. Um, I just want to also point out, like, the defense. So the defense, I thought, in this game, you know, in spite of the three goals, played generally okay. But as we've talked about many, many times, we have – there's three to five mental mistakes on defense a game. And, and we teams pay. always seem to capitalize yeah. them. And, and, you know, when we're on that sort of that winning streak, like, they weren't capitalizing on them, right? They, we, were, we, were, mm-hmm. we were getting – we were clearing the ball off the line. And we had about five again this game. One was the common clearance, and, and then three of them that they scored on. We yep. just literally just mental lapses. Well, I, I will say that that, that in-ball from uh, Zlatan that Alessandrini just hit on the volley on the run, what are you going to do? Shit yeah. happens. That's it was a good goal. They're not going to get it every time. Yeah. He made That's a good true. run. What do you do? But the other two were yeah. certainly preventable. Well, two, and then, you know, like I said, the three, like the, the uh, you know, the, the common clearance, like, but for Coleman being there, like that ball, that go, that's, at this goal, like ball goes in. Right, like, right. Luckily, so we, like we, yeah, we replace like, one with the yeah, other, we replace yeah. one. So, um, but yeah, just this team, and that's again, that goes back to, that goes back to uh, coaching, like, and and making sure your players are ready to play the game. Um, and granted, like, yes, not all mental mistakes are on Adrian Heath and on the coaching staff, but like, why is this team consistently? It's it's not. It's the trend. That's it's a trend. It's yeah. a, it's consistently happening. If this team was just. You know, like, you know, every it happens to all players, right? I'm sure Ikopara has a brain fart every once in that where he just like sure. he just yeah. loses track of his, of his like, guys what, defending what, what and, they, was that? Yeah. and they and they score or whatever. Or you know, they put a ball that's really good on that that you know Milius puts puts a glove on and just knocks it over the yeah. top of the bar or whatever. But this team consistently, it's it's three to five a game minimum. It's spread and, among the back line and it's spread and and the midfield too. Like to be fair, yeah. like I think the, the the back line has actually done a fairly good job of. of Trying to minimize those things again. This team has still given up 68 goals, <laughs> so um, God so in heaven. I, I don't think it's completely on the back line. I think the black line has actually solidified a little bit, especially with Cobble on the left back. But again, it's just it's, when it's it's not good enough. Yeah, the the midfield doesn't do enough a good enough job yeah. of protecting, and they don't do a very good job of having each other's backs when things get um, unpredictable. Yeah, so. I think we said it. Let's uh, <laughs> moving on. I almost wanted to ask for predictions. What was your prediction for uh, LA Galaxy? 
I predict that we lost. Yeah, me too. You got some other United news? Uh, not a ton. Um, Brent Coleman signed a contract for 2019, so he'll be back next year. Um, in what capacity? I mean, I'm sure he'll be back. Uh, you know, ideally they sign someone. Uh, yeah, love you, Brent. I hope you're back up next yeah, year. Exactly. But um, we'll see. Uh, but that's, that's good. You know, again, Minnesota Minnesota kid. Uh, I love Brent Coleman. Um, so yeah, uh, they lit up the field again, audience, and the, and the turf's in. That's the other. That's the other United News. That's not beautiful on my, images on my, out of the stadium. Yes. It looks finished. The stadium looks finished. Oh yeah, no, from it, the well, inside. The, yeah, for sure. Well, the grass is in. I think they have some works to do in the suites and stuff. But sure. I think. Well, fuck. I think fuck it's like. Those uh, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like eighty-five percent, ninety percent finished right now. Um, I have an Allianz walkthrough on Monday. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Can I get exciting. in on that? Nope. <laughs> Everybody I talk to <laughs> asks that question, and the answer is no. Um, all right. Well, fair enough. Uh, it's reported during the like, uh, Chris Wright again. Uh, apparently, during the halftime, he has a uh, scrum with the with the reporters or whatever that are a game, and he asks for pan- fans for patience as they enter the off season, and uh, which just again, we are, I think a lot of us were really hoping that that sort of uh, you know passing grades comment was just like a. Okay, passing grades. He put his but, foot in his mouth. But, eh, but really, we're gonna, you know we're gonna fire him in the off season. I don't. I again, just more and more. And I know, I know, I've known this from other people. I'm just, I've I hold out hope. Like, well, I hope that well, he'll make, he'll like see the light and be like, you know, actually, this is not the guy to lead us on our rolling three-year plan. Well, and let's. <laughs> holy shit! I was watching uh, the World Series is on just out of the corner of my eye. They almost did a fucking major league. You know, the movies mm. from that. They want like three they dudes running into each yeah. other. Yeah. Holy Lord. Um, here, here's my thing about that. Like, So look out in the stands, Chris. There's 52,000 people up there. If you if you even ignore that game and you just look at a general attendance trend over the course of this year, and even from last year, if you remember the early games last year, the very, very first game notwithstanding, of course, that was kind of a, a, a you know a big deal. Yeah. They, we're, they're in a 17,000 a game, 18,000 a game. They moved up. Now they're consistently over 20. Now they're at a point where they're like consistently 22, 23. The, the attendance has steadily risen despite the shitty product on the field. Look, we don't have any other indicator of patience we can give you other than continuing to put money into this, continuing to show up, continuing to be the reason that other people want to come and join this yeah. experience and to be uh, uh, to be evangelists for what's going on here. That is still happening. All that's happening. You don't need to ask us for patience. There's yeah. been nothing we've demonstrated except for patience yeah. unless you go on social media, which why don't you give us that one, Chris? <laughs> why don't you give us one place where you can yeah. say, hey, you know all that evangelizing you did? You know all that money we spent? I'd like to say a couple of words about that. <laughs> Just give us that. Yeah. Stop asking for patience and deliver I on think it. I the, think the, the, the asking for patience is the patronizing thing that I'm just I can't. Yeah. What um, does patience look like to you? I mean, here's the thing: was like I, you know, as part of my stuff with the stuff I do with the clubs, I'm organizing these watch parties and stuff. And I've seen, I've seen these watch parties. Yeah, it literally like I spend you know thousands of hours every year uh, doing shit for this team and for the dark clouds that I, I and I love it. And, and don't get me wrong, like I love every minute of it. I love the the people that I've met, friends that I've made, the connections I've made. It's all fucking fantastic. And and I wouldn't trade any of it for anything. But like it's a hard sell to go just like to go to a, a bar and say hey we're gonna dark clouds want to have a watch party here you know we'll, we'll do it we get a special deal set up all that you know three dollar beers or whatever and then 20 people show up Tw- dark clouds like these are the hardcore fans yeah. like you're you you i can't believe you know you i i would love to see what their fsn ratings are number one they're getting oh, they're, they're getting shun- they're getting shunted around uh to the fsn plus and all the yep. other um, but I'd love to see what they're rate because I'm no one is actually watching this team when this team is not in Minnesota, yeah. and that is 
that's that should be concerning to him, and that should be concerning to everybody in the front I'm office. I'm sure he knows it. I'm uh, sure. I'm sure he does. But you know, but it's someone who's literally as the people as the biggest. Uh, I'm not sure what the what the TNE watch parties look like as well, but I'm, from what I've heard I've, from them, it's, it, they're not much better than ours. And they have, you know, we have, you know, the Dark Clouds have about 1,500 members or about 1,200, yeah. 12, between 12 and 1,400 members draw or whatever. On a larger pool. You know, TNE has, you know, three, three, two to 400 members. I can't remember exactly what the numbers are, but like, if if those groups can't get 50, 60 people to a bar to watch a game. Then what the fuck are we doing? Well, then maybe that's what Chris is saying. He's like, keep going to those watch parties while we. I'm sure that's not what he's doing, but that's what I've the I've been bitching about it for a while. So no, I gonna stop. I hear you. I went to a watch party. <laughs> you did. I don't you go to show, many, but that's you don't because go to I, many. But you did. Honestly, show the <laughs> amount of time I spend away from my family for this and for TIFO and stuff like that, yeah, and for work because yeah. I have a big dick job and stuff like that. I need to be with my family when I have the opportunity. I feel bad when I don't get to go to the watch parties. Oh yeah, no man. I. You're, but you're also, you're sure. also super far away. It's like no one. I don't. You know. Yeah. I don't. I, I certainly don't begrudge you guys. So don't, don't worry about that. So, you know what's stupid? Uh, before we transition into the next game, and I, I have one more piece of news also sure. by the way. Yeah. But is that uh, I'm the only person who works on Wells Fargo's corporate strategy team in Minneapolis. Everybody else is just like two in Des Moines, and everybody else is in San Francisco, yeah. where, where the company that. is based out of. I have to drive into work every day to work at a desk because they don't allow me to work from home. So I drive in to sit at a desk all by myself. And basically take conference calls from 1,500 miles away instead of 1,510 miles away. Are you fucking serious? It's a, it's an hour each way. Yeah, I, no, I know. I mean, that's each a fucking, way. Yeah, you're going the wrong way both both directions. Yes. <laughs> it Holy blows, shit, man! Yeah. That it's, sucks. And that's just time out of the day. That's yeah. two hours. I could be. I'm not even talking about jerking on, just doing laundry or. You know, having a longer breakfast with the kids instead of being like, "Yeah, I love you too. Let's get the fucking breakfast in the mouth." Why? Why do they make you do that? I don't know. Part of it's because they're not used to working with people remotely. They, okay. They've only ever really worked with people that are geographically proximal to them. Okay. So you can walk over and look over somebody's shoulder. I imagine they think I'd just be watching Netflix or some shit all day because they just don't if know you're doing that. Your they, fucking hey, job. This is a con- yeah, you'll know if I'm fucking around. Yeah. Like if I hand in work that looks like I'm fucking around, then yeah. let's raise your hand. But you got it. You should. You got to figure. You got to fix that, man. You got to. Get I don't know how to. I don't know. It was weird. So, anyways, uh, the weird. Yeah. Uh, What's your the other last piece of bit of news that I have um, is that Minnesota United, oh, I've, as I've poor as our defense is, is no longer the record holder for that, most that goals allowed in an MLS season. That uh, ignominious record belongs to Orlando City now. Orlando City is terrible. They're, dr- they're they fucking are dreadful. dreadful. And they beat the team that we're about it's to play. It's a good transition <laughs> well, because actually, they got one of their rare wins against Columbus, <laughs> who oh, we're I, about to face. I want, I want to say one more thing. Yeah. Um, the Dark Clouds, yep. Clouds end-of-the-year party. This is a really fun um, a really fun event that we do every year. Um, there's a silent auction. Um, we are doing it at Ladona Cerveceria, uh, which is uh, a new brewery. It's a Mexican, uh, South American-inspired brewery. So they have a, a bunch of lo- a couple, like, few lagers. Some really good, like, sessionables, like 3.8%. Sessional beers. 2.8? 3.8. Oh, th- I was so, yeah, say, like, yeah, no, not, oh, so not, not 3 2 wine beer. cooler, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, not 3 2 beer. Um, it's over in North Min- it's, uh, Minneapolis. It's over by the um, International Market Square. So it's just uh, just west of the International Market Square, kind of on the border of North Minneapolis and downtown. And it's a really cool brewery. They have a, actually, they have a soccer pitch outside that you can play like, three, like 3v3 soccer, which we'll be able to do. So if you show up early, I think it starts at, I believe it's at 6 p.m. on November 5th. So mark your calendars. It's, it's a Monday. It's a Monday. I'm going to be there. Yeah, are you? I will. All right. Um, we do a, a big uh, silent auction to uh, support uh, the typically the Sana Foundation, 
or one of the other soccer charities that the Dark Clouds uh, work with. So there'll be some silent auction items. I should um, I should donate uh, those fucking tifos for auction. You got. <laughs> got to get rid of. Do those not somehow. bring those fucking tifos <laughs> over there, please God. Do Someone not bring those please buy these. There. Get them out of yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you, we'll raise money for uh, charity. Um, we'll have uh, beer specials. Um, we're look, working on food still. So, but if you have a if you if you are a business, if you have uh, silent auction items you want to donate. Um, let us know. Please hit me up. Uh, you can find me at uh, Texas Zeller on Twitter. Just shoot me a message. Let me know if you have something, you know, gift certificate you want to donate or you know a business that I should if reach out to. you have a service you can offer. Or service you can offer. you're a hairdresser and you yeah, want to Yeah, you're a woodworker and you want to donate some woodworking time. I spend or, so much time on that table uh, <laughs> now. I'm not giving anybody shit. That's um, my table. Or, but, but again, if, yeah, if you have like a friend who owns a business or, or is a man, like a restaurant manager, bar manager, whatever, and wants to give out, you know, we'll give away some gift, gift certificates, whatever. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, I would love to chat with anybody. Um, I'll I have a shit ton of time right now. So I'm still unemployed, so I can run around and pick stuff up. So hit me, hit hit me up, please. Um, yeah, and definitely come on November 5th at Ladona. Uh, it's gonna be really fun. Um, it's always a good time. Um, we always have a lot of uh, really, uh, you know, really fun memories. Play, player appearances? Potentially, yeah. Okay. So there will be fun. some. Yeah, there we, we give out we give away awards. Uh, so player of the year, newcomer of the year. There's some uh, dark club specific awards like the Jackass of the year. And uh, the iron skillet, things like that. So you probably are going to win an award, I would guess, with all your TIFO work this year, would be my guess. But you know, oh, I'm going to win an award. You, you might, oh, yeah. yeah. So we'll you might you definitely want to show up. That. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, you should all show up too. So <laughs> November fifth, uh, Dark Clouds end of the year party at Ladona. Um, again, if you have, and also if you have uh, donation stuff, hit me up at Texas Zeller. I would love to chat with you about that stuff. So did you, did you see that there that they whipped out a TIFO at the end of the game against LA? Did you see that? Yeah. No. So here's here's the thing about that. We were going to do an LA TIFO, and honestly, the turnaround from that gigantic Portland TIFO was just too quick, and we had all invested so much energy into that huge thing. We were exhausted. We are like, we can't. We just can't. We're, it's going to suck if we try to pull it off anyways. It, it would mean no break between this and that. We've been doing full weekends. We can't. And, but the very last painting session, me and Angie Petrowski, who is on the TIFO committee, and she carried that Portland TIFO. She just did a, 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 so much work. and But it was late at night, and it was us there and a couple other people, and we were talking about LA ideas because we are like, well, we got to fucking turn this around tomorrow, basically. And so we were chatting about ideas, and there was one other guy there, Drew was there, and the, that whole idea came from that conversation. It was just me and Angie talking. I can't, and I'm not going to try and be, I came up with this, and I came up, you know, I don't like to, like, try and own ownership of uh, authoring ideas and stuff. Yeah. But Angie and I were talking about that, and then we ended up not doing it, and that was the fucking idea. Like, Drew just took it, and, like, he overheard it practically, and then he just fucking did it. Like, I don't got a specific problem with Drew. It's fine. And since we weren't going to do it, why not? Go do it. Yeah. Have fun with it. I wish I wish there would have been some coordination there, because I saw it, and I'm like, hey, I made that fucking tagline <laughs> up. What's happening here? It yeah, just, it just I think felt that, weird. I think that I was felt a, weird. That was just a, running away with. That was just a T and E thing. That, that they was just, my bigger problem. Is that with they it. just did. You can yeah. do it. That's yeah. fine because we decided not to do it. So do it. Like somebody's doing work. Yeah, so, sure. go, so do it. But they put True North Elite at the bottom of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, fuck you, True North Elite. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it say that? Oh, because I said. Oh, I think you, you got. Uh, I think you got some. Yeah, uh, committee issues. I, no, I'm making such a bigger deal out of it than it really is. I just felt weird. I was like. Oh, nice True North Elite Tifo, asshole. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've already acted uh, sorer about it than I really am. We need to talk about Columbus before people tune out. Uh, fair. Um, Col- so so let's let's quickly review where Columbus is at, okay? Yep. Columbus currently owns the final playoff spot in the East. That's true. Um, 
not by much. No. Okay. The they got the situation Montreal is, hot on their hot on their heels. Yes, they do. So, um, so basically, I think what's the situation? If they win, they're in. Yep. If they draw, they're probably in. I mean, I, th- I think that um, Montreal would have to make up the goal differential then, which no, is not huge. It's like draw, two. Right? No, if they draw, they're not in because Montreal has uh, the win uh, tiebreaker on. Is that, that the tiebreaker before yeah, the first goal tiebreaker? Is wins. Yes. It's so fucking. You weird. You think I would understand how the fucking league MLS works? Is, MLS. MLS. So it's kind of the same thing in in uh, in. Um, uh, the RSL LA Galaxy playoff uh, race is that if Galaxy uh, get a draw, they they'll be tied with RSL on 49 points, but uh, RSL has 14 wins to Galaxy's 13. So, okay. so, so yeah, I've, so I've misled our loyal listeners. Well, no, no. So if 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 Montreal wins and Columbus gets a draws with Minnesota, then Montreal leapfrogs them. So the yeah. only way Columbus guarantees that they are in the playoffs is by beating Minnesota. If they win, they're in. Yeah. If they draw, they very well could be in, depending yep. on the Montreal impact yep. uh, result. So, and if they lose, theoretically, they could also be in if Montreal also yeah, loses. Yeah, Mo- so Montreal, Montreal is in New England. So, I mean, that New England's not very good. So, they yeah. should, theoretically, they should win well, that game. Are we. So, but, so anyways, yeah. that's what's at stake. The, the yes. shorter version is that Columbus has stuff to play for still. Yes. Yeah, they, um, which we didn't think they would, like, it. about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Like, they were... And, and the other thing with Columbus is that Columbus could finish as high as fourth place, depending yep. on what happens with Philly and DC. Yep. Um, so everything they, to play for. They do. They literally, literally have everything to play for. And they're so. playing at home. Yeah. So with with that in mind, um, who's good? Um, they have. You know, I was having a really difficult time with this because there's some very some of the parts good players, and there's not there's just not a ton of shitty players on Columbus. So it was like I, so highlighting who's good. Obviously. Jesse's artist has been a great story. Um, coming back from yep. basically being relegated to right back for her for uh, LA we Galaxy. Gotta play him, but to, he can't, uh, yeah, yeah uh, rejuvenate his career. He's a goal scorer now. He's got 16 goals, leads the team. Um, Frederico Higuain is of course obviously just very good. Yep. Guy pulls the strings. He's the assist leader for Columbus. Um, and Zach Steffen, you know, as you know, a goalie. Um, you can't be get much better in MLS. I didn't mention Steffen in my notes, but yeah, yeah Zach Steffen's very yeah, good. Yeah. So he he literally, he literally like as I was putting my notes together like. I kind of forgot about him, and then I was like, "Wait, who's their goalie? Oh yeah, Zach Steffen. Fuck, that guy's good. He's a good goaltender. So yeah. yeah um, and then the other, I mean, I guess the last final point would be uh, Greg Berhalter um, has just instituted a really good system. He's just, yeah. you know, particularly the reason why he's probably the front runner for the U.S. Men's National Team job, and that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but he's created a really good system. Players, he's brought in players that were like, you know, like Zardes, who were you know kind of outcasts at their own at their other clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, brought them in, bought them in, like they've gotten them bought into the system. And Columbus plays, you know how Columbus plays. They play, they, they play the same way every week. Mm-hmm. They're not one of those teams that's going to adjust to the, the opponent. They're going to come play their game, and you know, occasionally that doesn't work out because they get, you know, they get run on against Orlando City and give up a late penalty to, yeah. um, on a handball, <laughs> weirdly. But uh, but you know it's going to be very consistent. So yep. Columbus is a very consistent team. So yep. that's who I got. I, who I don't have good. any names to add to the who's good. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll throw out quickly that. Um, um, Federico Higuain has uh, what six goals and eight assists. So um, not those are actually probably a bit off of the pace you would often expect from yeah. him. But he hasn't had to carry the goals, the goal scoring uh, load at all, which which he had in the past. Uh, Ola Kamara notwithstanding. Yeah. Um, can we say that Columbus won the Giassi Zardes Ola Kamara trade at this point? Not that Ola Kamara's anything to wag your finger yeah. at. I mean, we, we just saw Luke Kamara score a goal against yeah, Minnesota yeah, United fucking, last week. Yeah. So. But uh, Jossie's artist in a 16 goals, Yeah, I mean, that's I think, a hell of a take. I think in terms of production, um, 
mean, obviously, I, I think Ola Kamara's been asked to play a different kind of role at LA. That so, is true. Which makes sense. And, and Jossie's been thrust into that sort of, you know, that forward goal scoring he, role. He has 16 goals. He has zero assists. And that's yeah. not by accident. Yep. This dude, <laughs> he can't play the wing. He can't play this. He can't play that. He's not going to feed you. He's not going to. He's just a finisher. And that's that, that's fine. Yeah. But he doesn't do other things. Yep. Nope. Exactly. So, so I mean, yeah, I would, I would you know, in the, in the short term, um, definitely I would think Columbus has won that trade. Um, we'll see what happens with Ola Kamara and, you know, what, you know, whatever happens with Zlatan and if he sticks around and, you know, if I think if he, if he doesn't stick around, I think Kamara gets a much more uh, 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 bigger role. And maybe if L.A. sort of does a mini rebuild, sure, yeah. they get some better pieces around him. Yeah. How is he accenting them and they're exactly. accenting him? So maybe it's better in the long term. Exactly. But, but I think in the, in the short right term, now, especially right now, I think. Zardes looks good. Yeah, Zardes looks very, very good. So. Yeah. Um, so uh, we already mentioned uh, Federico Hewain. One thing that we didn't mention before was was the defense. Defense uh, second fewest goals allowed in the East on 43. Um, interestingly, would only position you know maybe about fourth or fifth in the West. Yeah. But the West sucks. I don't I, I don't know how that all works out. Yeah. But um, anyways, they have a very good defense, and there's another instance where it's very much a sum of the parts. Sure. Being not as good as the whole. It's, it's a great unit. Yeah. So it's weird. They, um, they they you know they're one of the they're one of the like so, one of the some of the best defenses in in the MLS are sort of built on like American, like you know you get cheap American talent. Yep. Um, Columbus is not. I mean, they're they're not really built on you know cheap American talent in terms of they're built on cheap defensive talent and cheap good mm-hmm. defensive talent. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, and there's there's no one that there that you're like scared about or, or you're like oh that guy's a lockdown defender. I'm I'm worried right. about my my cent- you know my center forward. Going up against you know Moro or uh, Mensa or you know any of those other guys, but they're just really solid. Just yep. really really solid. Yep. Good cohesive like a, unit. You know this this is kind of the, the kind of like backline that Minnesota should be striving for. Just a really solid right. backline in front of a really good. I goal think that's what they did. I think they thought they found a bunch of players who were like not elite on their own but could add up to a good unit, yeah. and they haven't. They just found a bunch of players who were not elite. Anyways, it makes sense. I think that can come down to coaching as well. <laughs> sure. Um, it's a good transition, though, because one of the players I have in the Who Sucks column, and this isn't exactly fair, but it's more of like here's an opportunity, is Harrison Awful. Okay. I love his last name, by the way. <laughs> um, Mr. Harrison is third on the team in shots taken. He is I a did right see back. That. Yeah, I saw third that. Third on the team in shots taken. Yeah. Um, so there's not that there's anything wrong with a fullback getting forward, and and again they have as as a defensive unit they're very cohesive, so I think that's great. So um, no, excuse me, I I have misspoken. Um, the midfielder Artur was uh, third in shots taken. Oh, that's yeah. that's who I wanted to start with. Um, now Artur is more of a defensive midfielder. Uh, so and obviously we've talked about their defense being strong. So so that's fine. I'm not saying he's a bad defensive midfielder. However, he's getting forward a ton, taking a ton of shots. Again, third most on the team. Um, and he has how many goals? Zero. Yep. Yes, zero he goals. has zero goals two and assists. two assists. So that's not good enough for the amount of shots he's taking. If no, you're going to no, get no. up there and try no. to provide offense, then you need to do better than that. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you need to be more of a facilitator. He has not. So he is a guy who, even if he's doing other stuff well. He's a liability in that uh, aspect. Harrison Offal is another guy. He is a defender. He does like to get forward. Um, he is way up there in shots. He has more shots even than Higuain. Um, however, that I mean, that's the opportunity there. You've got a defensive midfielder who's going to get forward. You've got uh, a, a guy in the right back who's going to get forward. If you can bring pace down the left side, if you can play on the counter, get a guy like Romario Ibarra who has some speed and is willing to cut in, 
Um, I think that's where the opportunity is. So I, I, I'm not finding a particular part that's bad, just parts that are opportune. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's my who's bad. I Other than Jossie Zarda's yeah. uh, hold-up play and all that other shit. Yeah. Um, they don't really have wingers for crap. Either, they, they, yeah, they don't really. They, they don't have any wing presence. I would, just, I would actually just add, um, it's, he's not really, he's not, he doesn't suck, but he just hasn't had a spectacular MLS uh, season as Will Trap. Um, oh sure, yeah. You know he, uh, he's. You know, I'm a Will Trap dude. Yeah, no, he's and he's captained. Uh, you know, he's captained the uh, U.S. men's national team several times over the course of the last several months. Um, he's averaging 0.04 goals per game. He's got one goal, one one assist in 2,530 minutes. Like, you know, I know he plays more of a sort of a deep lying, uh, more of a you know six you know six role, but really, you feel like a guy like that with with the. With the weapons that they that Columbus has, like you know, with Zardes and uh, Iguain and and all those guys, like that, he would have more than one goal and one assist in, well, in, in that many minutes. He started almost all their games. Um, you know, he, Team Road doesn't really have a weak link, other than like I said the their wings are wings are. They've bad. never had. They've yeah, never they've had, never had, had it, at all. I think, yeah. I think that's that's part of Berhalter's. You know, that's kind of. I think they did briefly try Jesse Zardes on a wing. Yeah. Uh, earlier this season, much earlier, and. It, it, I, Obviously, you can see how that played out. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, I don't know why. It's just a weird. But they, they play a 4-2-3-1. You can expect a pretty traditional uh, uh, thing out of that. In fact, their midfielders play very similar. Their central midfielders play very similar to the way that ours have been deployed. And if you wanted to know what a Fernando Bob Maximiano style midfield could look like if they were performing better yeah. and had a better defense behind them, I think that you could probably find a good example. Trapping our tour. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so how do we play them? I've already suggested we play for the counter, especially down the left side. I think they're going to have vacancies there. As for whom to play, uh, I'd love to see uh, Ibarra get the start on the left or Mario Ibarra on the left if he's healthy enough. I'd love to see him get the minutes, continue to develop cohesion with that front four. I've said I've liked a lot of the stuff I've seen out of him. Maximiano in the central midfielder and Rasmus Schuler. I think that is the central midfielder pairing. We've done a lot of mixing up the central midfield pairings and trios and stuff like that. I haven't given up on Maximiano. He's still yep. a young guy. I think he can show flashes of brilliance. I wish he would <laughs> not earn so many cards. That's yeah, part no. of it. But he's been be he's been much better recently. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. So, uh, he needs to, need to get his he need to get his figure out the MLS. The MLS, so. yeah. Uh, you know, I, my fear about the central midfield is whether it does enough to get forward. However, I'm trying to think long term because who gives a shit if we win this game, right? Yeah. I'm thinking, what are the pairings you can manipulate, mix up to try and say what could it look like next year when it matters and that would be a midfield pairing I'd like I'm worried about the distribution going forward but I'd like to see what they can do Sure. Um, and then you know play the youngsters as much as you can even if it says a super sub, get Delani in there at 60 for uh, for Ramirez or Mason Toy up top, uh, yeah. for Rodriguez Ramirez isn't on the team anymore yeah. uh, you know, uh, get no, Rodriguez will be on the team I mean, I, so yeah. yeah, to your point I mean I don't I don't really care how we play these guys if, as, really. long, as long as the kids are playing. Um, if if Toy, uh, Olmsberg, Manley, Delati, if we, these guys are not in the starting lineup or playing significant minutes in this game, I, I mean, honestly, like we should start a fucking riot because there, this, there's literally nothing to play for outside of just like knocking Columbus out of the playoffs if you're Minnesota. And, yeah. you know... I don't care that much. I don't care that much about yeah about Columbus and and, sure. and like, like you know save the crew is a great story. It'd be great if they made the playoffs and maybe made a like made a run. That'd be fucking fantastic. I don't you know like whatever. I don't if this if especially considering everything we've seen is that Heath is not playing for his job or not coaching for his job. Yeah. Like 
you know, he you, he so knows you what, should have the leeway to experiment. He knows what he has with 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 Eric Miller. So you put Manley in there. He knows what he has with you know Brent uh, Michael Boxel. So put Coleman and and Olmsberg in there. Yep. You know you know you know what you have in in Rodriguez um, for good or ill. So put Toy up there. Mm-hmm. You know what you have in, in and I would say I would love to see. Actually, I would love to see uh, Miguel Ibarra maybe like start on the bench and get Dinladi and Romario mm-hmm. out there. Um, with Quintero, see what kind of yep. uh, synergy they have. Like yep. you know, what you have with Miguel Ibarra. Miguel Ibarra, honestly, I he might not be long for this team. Quite frankly, I think he's going to get his value a, is going to get a lot. Of, go yes, right exactly. Now. And which is what happened to Ramirez. Exactly. By the way. Yeah. So so you know, prime selling time. Exactly. So like you know, number one, if you if you if you are intent, like tending to sell him, like don't fucking start him and like you know, he breaks a leg or something or yeah. or tears a you know tears an ACL in his last game of the year. Yeah. Um, and you get the kids out there, and and I love Miguel, and I, I wish if God, I wish Miguel all the best, and he finds a better team than this team to play for, because he dis- fucking deserves it. Put a trophy um, on the shelf. But yeah, I mean, like I think the kids, and you know, in whatever formation, it doesn't really fucking matter. But getting as many of the young players out there as you possibly can needs to be the, the number one priority of this game, and well, it should have been the number one priority for the last four games. As we've talked about, but yeah. you know, even if we don't play the young guys exclusively, although I think there's value in that, at least whoever we should play should have a value in experimenting with new ideas, pairings, synergies, stuff like that. So first sure. of all, Romario Ibarra is still a young guy. Yeah. There's no reason not to no, play no, him no, because course, he's too yeah. old. He's not that established. Yeah. Same with Max Miano. Sure, you know? absolutely. So, so n- neither of those guys need to find their. Asses I think on both the those guys should be in there. Yeah. Um, um, but even if you're going to play some older dudes. Um, Schuler's not an old dude, but yeah. you know, having Schuler in there, if you're trying to experiment with a pairing that he might have with Max Miano, I can see value in that. Sure, sure. go for it. Yeah. Um, but but don't play the obvious shit that we've tried and learned, and maybe it was better, maybe it's worse. Maybe this game will fucking blow. I have this no team, idea. David, Show a direction you're trying to achieve. This team has it. eight to ten really, really, really great pieces. I remember reading that. <laughs> I also remember reading about having patience. You know, it's amazing how much patience it takes when you have ten great players. Ten really, really, really great pieces. You would think, you would think patience would be less tested with eight <laughs> to ten great pieces. But, but you know what? A piece that belongs on the bench, it's good to have depth. Yeah. I bet that if you look top to bottom on a roster, you could find eight to ten players who'd say, God damn, that is a guy I want on my bench. I mean, Ramirez is looking good really, really great on the LAFC bench. As he's as a great bench player. As they're shooting for the, uh, the he's a great uh, piece. Western Conference uh, yeah, Western Conference title. So. Oh, Christian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Who's going to win? Um, I have this fun fact. Uh, if Minnesota loses this game two to nothing, yeah, um, they're yeah, going to match their points for fact. goals for, goals against. Uh, yeah, points, goals for, and goals against from 2017. Year Everything two, will be identical be to year last year. Plan, yes, and so I'm I'm shooting for a 2-0 uh, Columbus victory. I have a three to one uh, Columbus victory. That I guess theoretically that would put us on what one more one more goal, but one more goal allowed. Yes, one more goal allowed, one more goal for. Though. Somehow our defense so. will have been worse than last year. Yeah, but 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 but, but Demidov. And, and, but, and we'll but have Demidov. But Dem- yes. But it was all Demidov. We'll have the same number of points too. So. <laughs> Fuck. Should we should we predict some games here? Yeah, sure. So last week, we, you know, we did really fucking good last week, man. Like, well, everybody is who they are at this point. Yeah, games get easier to pick yeah, as time so goes on. We both predicted uh, DC United beating Toronto. That was a one nothing victory for DC United. Uh, we both had Sal- Seattle uh, beating Orlando City on the road two to one. Uh, we both predicted Sporting KC beating Vancouver on the road. All right, sorry, I did. You did not pick that one, but you predicted uh, RSL beating New England four to one on the road or four to one at home. Um, DC United uh, beat NYCFC three to one. I predicted that one. Um, 
Atlanta United beat Chicago 2-1. Actually, we both predicted these uh, these next three. So, D.C. Duh. United, Atlanta United, and Montreal Impact beating Toronto. Uh, we both predicted that one. Uh, that was a 2-0 victory for the Impact. Uh, we did not predict Rebels going on the road and beating Philadelphia 1-0, nor do we predict Orlando City beating Columbus 2-1. I don't know why I wouldn't have picked the Red Bulls for that. I don't I'm looking know. at it now. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't. Well, Philadelphia had been on, had been playing pretty well. Yeah, they're not bad. They're yeah, they're home. they're in fourth. They're in fourth place right now. Red so. Bulls, though, goddamn. Yeah, um, Orlando City. Or sorry, we did that one. San Jose, Colorado was the maybe the worst possible game of, of the fucking entire ML season. Zero zero. We both predicted a, a draw. I think one. we predicted that exact scoreline. Yes, I mean, that yes. game lived up to all the hype. <laughs> it did. Uh, LAFC Vancouver. We did not predict a two two draw. LAFC had a two nothing vic- lead in the half in the, in the second half and then uh, dropped that one. Um, or we predict Kansas City going on the road and beating FC Dallas 3-0. Uh, the last three we did predict, though, that was Portland beating RSL 3-0, uh, Galaxy beating Minnesota United 3-1, and the Sounders beating Houston Dynamo on the road 3-2. So oh, um, we got 11 games. Don't you love this sport? It's, it's quite Listen, good. If we would have bet you know, the, the money line on all these games, we would have made a shit ton of money last week. Depending on how much just, we bet, yeah. Say it. Well, no, yeah. For the most part, yeah, we've got to get over the vague and all that. So. Yep. Um, all right, so we got uh, we got some games coming up. Um, Sporting Kansas City host uh, LAFC. I have Sporting Kansas City win this game. Uh, Sporting Kansas City won. LAFC two on the road. LAFC and the Will Ferrells win it. All right. Uh, Toronto FC versus Atlanta United in Toronto. I have a, a one-one draw. With, uh, That's way too generous for Toronto. Two to nothing, Atlanta. Okay. Uh, New England hosts the Montreal Impact. I have the Impacts winning uh, three to. Three to one, not mattering though. Obviously, That's ex- exactly the score I have. All right, cool. Uh, Chicago hosts DC United. Um, I think Chicago, DC United has actually not beaten a team on the road uh, with Wayne Rooney. I think it stays away. I think it's like one one. Um, um, playoff. DC play United is the only other team in MLS that has one road win. They have many more road ties, yes. and they have somehow a way better home record than we do with thirteen home wins. So okay. they've, they've compensated for it, but only one road win. Sure. Okay. And so I've got Chicago winning 2 to <laughs> 2 nothing. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Uh, all right, Colorado hosts FC Dallas. I have FC Dallas winning this game 2-0. Uh, 1-0 uh, FC Dallas. You, you, if you're voting to give Colorado any points, you're making a huge fucking mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we said uh, Columbus. I have Columbus 2, Minnesota United 0. You had 3-1? 3-1, yep. All right, uh, LA Galaxy hosts the Houston Dynamo. LA Galaxy need to win this game. This will be a good game. In order to get in the playoffs. I think it will be. I think it will be a high-scoring game. I got uh, three to two to uh, LA Galaxy, and they sweep by RSL for the playoffs. I've got, I've got two to nothing. Although I'd hate to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Red Bulls host Orlando City. Um, again, these games are all kicking off at the same time. I think combined with the Atlanta United result, our New York Red Bulls get the supporter shield by beating Orlando City uh, three to nothing. I have New York Red Bulls beating Orlando City nineteen to nothing. Nineteen to nothing. Yes. Perfect. Orlando uh, City will finish the game with seven men <laughs> in the stands. <laughs> Uh, all right, Seattle Sounders host San Jose. Uh, I have Sounders winning uh, four to one. Uh, two to one, Seattle. San, uh, uh, San Jose is another dark, dark, dark black yeah. cloud. Although, do you? I mean, they're, they spend a shit ton of money on their new coach, and I think they're going to spend a shit ton of money. So, at, you know, hopefully, to. God willing. All right, Vancouver hosts uh, Portland. Uh, Portland uh, pretty much locked into where they are. I'm going to have Portland uh, yeah. actually a 1 1 draw on this one. I have uh, Portland 1, Vancouver negative 1. Negative 1. Yeah. All right. And then NYCFC versus Philadelphia. I have NYCFC winning uh, 2 1. 2 2 draw. 2 2 draw. All right. There you go. Philadelphia's not a bad team. Cool. Anybody ask us any questions? Literally, this is the first time we've never had a. We didn't have a fucking question. You want to so. ask me a question? I'll ask you a question. 
don't you ask me a question first? I, I didn't have one in mind. Okay, I didn't have one uh, either. So, so how about this? Uh, <laughs> um, um, what's your sleep number number? Uh, I don't know. We have one of those um, bet, like Casper mattresses that just—it's a Casper mattress. It's one of those mattresses that you fucking ghost mattress. Yeah, you, you but you you get in a, like a tiny little box. It looks like a, a refrigerator, and you open it up and you crack it open like it just expands. What the fuck are you talking about? King ass. We have a we have this. So we, I have this really fucking amazing bed. It's like a yeah. It's one of those Casper mattresses. You ever heard of these? This is a podcast, apparently. I just have indicated to you that I do not know anything <laughs> about this. Yeah, so it all, sounds like it's a mattress in a box. It's a mattress in a box. It literally gets shipped to you in a box. It's like it's the size of like a, like a mini fridge. Okay. Right, and you open it up, and then you like it's like basically like wrapped into this like in this like packaging. Yeah. Um, like vacuum sealed in this packaging. Yeah. And then you open it up, and it, like it slowly expands to the size that it is. Like we we have a king size fucking mattress in our upstairs bedroom that thing is fit for a king yeah that thing is like not ever leaving our bedroom <laughs> okay it wouldn't fit through the door yeah no god oh god no no it, like Holy going shit. down the stairs like yeah so we, had, we literally like we had it shipped we had it shipped to our apartment in on lexington and then we threw in the van and the van that we had to literally like i literally like it was like it was like you know 80 pounds like trying to like Push this thing up a fucking that's, flight of stairs. Well, that's that's a mattress. Yeah, I mean, but but it was in a yours but, is at least compact. But it was in a box. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like flopping around, you know, left and right or whatever. So when I was uh, when I was uh, a kid, like a little little kid, this is a true. This sounds like I'm starting one of those fake stories. You know, yeah. this is a real story. Um, like I had a bedwetting problem for a while. I mean, obviously when I was a little kid, this is when it was still appropriate to have a bedwetting problem. Okay. Like that age, uh, apparently my uh, my parents uh, they wanted to get rid of my piss-soaked, smelly mattress. And so they took it to a playground. Like, I went to play at a playground, and they took it out there, and they just left it at the playground. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this is true. Which actually isn't. There's another... This See, we had nothing planned here. We're doing story time now. Um, when I was three years old, my my uh, parents let me go on a, a horsey ride. Okay. Like, I'd never been on a horse Horsies? before. A horsey is what I would call it. And uh, so there's a guy, but you know, an actual fucking guy. Yeah. And he's sitting on the front. Yeah, and he's, he's behind you. The horse they don't just like fucking like yeah. send you off into the oh, yeah, west. Yeah, no, no, I've, yeah, I've and uh, so I was on there and I, I pissed my pants while I was on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I pissed all over a horse. <laughs> I was only three. Uh, okay. So you're like about the same age your kids are, you know, a little younger. Oh, my kids, uh, my kids are almost five now. Oh shit, yeah, That's yeah. Right. And uh, they don't, they don't have time. accidents really anymore. <laughs> Certainly not on horses. Uh, okay. Uh, so my question. Uh, okay, oh, yeah. Speak, please. Speak, you know, speaking I've already of, revealed so much. Speaking of well, yeah, speaking of uh, fatherhood and all that. Uh, yeah. You know, about to be a father relatively soon. Yeah. What is the uh, one piece of advice that you wish someone had given you? Before you became a dad, Jesus, that's like a serious question. Yeah, I mean, or it could be fun, funny. It could be, you know, we're, we're, I, I probably said the same We just had dinner with some friends uh, who live in the neighborhood, uh, who actually had their kids at the same birth center that we're doing. They were having our kids at, you know, our kid at, um, and so there, there's, you know, he was like, my guy I was with was like, he's like the one piece of advice that I give you is like, you get, like, you will get kicked in the balls so much that you'll oh, just that's stop. True getting used like you just get used to getting kicked in the balls that's true that like the only time it will really like freak you out or like you'll just lose your mind will be like when you're in the like sleeping in the middle of the night and, like kid gets in the bed just jump up yeah. in the balls yeah this sounds like so, it's a you, half joke no it's, yeah, it's but you completely get, like, true you get yeah. used to it it's like, it's, like yeah. it's gonna hurt like the first 10 times and it's just gonna be like 
oh, that's the thing. Like, that kid just elbowed me in the well, balls. See, I don't want to tell you something like that because that's not going to help you. Well, no, like, no, you'll know it, but yeah, it's not going to change well, anything no, you sure. do. I, I usually don't like to give, like, unasked for advice or anything because well, I'm like, every, well, I, I know, but, like, <laughs> you know, when you are expecting, everybody wants to fucking come up and say, do this, do that, don't do that, don't pick that, remember these diapers. Here's So, all of that considered, here's my thing that I learned that it took me way too long to learn is you're not going to break them. Like, even when they're young. Now, my kids spent three weeks in the hospital when they were born, and we lived there with them. They were sure. fragile, you know. And I'm not saying don't put them in car seats and don't, you know, put them in bed the right way so that, you know, the you avoid crib death and all that kind of You know, like, do the things that you're going to do. But it's okay to let them crawl around and get into some mischief. It's okay to let them get a little bit dirty. It's okay if they bonk their head a little bit, you know. It's going to happen. And although I think consciously I felt that and knew that in yeah. practice – we were so anal about controlling movement and access and all this kind of stuff, and it was exhausting. When what we could have done is just said, "You're gonna be straight. there's balance. There's yeah. always balance. <laughs> yeah, you know, no they don't sure. need to have a fork and an outlet. You know, <laughs> but um, we didn't have that balance. Sure. We were way too helicoptery, okay. and I think we found a really great balance right now. But it took us a while to learn that. Cool. And that's right. not something me saying it's gonna fucking make it work for you. It's something you're gonna be something you experience and no, you tinker sure. with and you fuck up. And then you overcorrect, and then that's it. Cool. All it's right. all one long process that's, of not trying to break them. That's really good advice, man. They're humans. That. They're yeah. resilient. You know. They're, yeah, I mean, I've built I've, to not die. I've I've lasted as long as I have. So right, right. I think about what your parents did. <laughs> the, they yeah. could. I Jack remember shit. my parents. Uh, <laughs> my parents tell the story that because we were really poor when I was growing up. Like we we lived off in like government cheese and shit yeah. and like welfare for a while. Uh, my parents were like, they worked hard to get off of welfare. I, yeah. I I love my parents and I admire them. Um, but sometimes shit happens and you, you, you're in that situation. They talked about having a truck that had a hole in the floor in the front. And by a hole, I mean like a big hole in the floor. Yeah. Like there's the road. Yeah. And um, they, this was before people were really anal about putting kids in car seats. And they certainly didn't put me in. They just held me yeah. in the front when I was oh, yeah. a baby. And me too. Um, apparently they lost a whole big pack of diapers through the hole in the front of the <laughs> truck and the floor. And I'm super glad it wasn't me that they <laughs> lost. You know, I guess they had a choice and they let the diapers go. That's hilarious. Um, but that's how yeah. big a hole we're talking about. Yeah. Like, so don't have a hole. Yeah. But well, my, yeah, my it's parents, okay. We, when we were, me and my sister were about 18 months apart, we were growing up. Like, we had a bunk bed. And they were like, I can't remember how many times I woke up. Or they were like, yeah, you woke up just in the morning, like, on the floor. Like, I had the top bunk. Like, probably, you know. Once every three or four weeks or whatever, I would just be on the floor and I would just, I would fall off the bunk and just not wake up. And they're like, "We didn't know if that was okay or if you were all right." So maybe maybe that should happen. Should happen. So that's okay, it. that's good. That's, that's, that's a great way to end the podcast, uh, especially this. No, I want to end with one anecdote because okay, this is a wholesome thing. Okay, because okay? this this warms my, the cockle <laughs> area of my heart. Okay, um, I was reading a story with Benjamin and Natalie last night, and it was a Christmas story. They don't give a shit. They like the story. They're gonna <laughs> pick a Christmas book, whatever. And um, and he was looking at the picture, and he's like, why is that tree like that? And I'm like, I, it's a tree. I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, no, why is it? It's what's wrong. And I'm like, God, it's a tree. What do you want? And he's and then he said this. Remember, he's not five yet, okay? Yeah. So, But you also know Ben emotionally can be confusing yeah. and is very precocious. So. Yes. And he said, well, it's Christmas, right? And I was like, yes, it's Christmas. So it's like wintertime, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, it's in Minnesota, right? And I'm like, yes, it's, it was in Minnesota, but Santa comes to Minnesota. That okay. was like the book. And he's like, yes, it's in Minnesota. And he's like, well, this isn't an evergreen tree, right? And I'm like, no, it's not an evergreen tree. He's like, it's a deciduous tree. My son knows what a deciduous tree is, by the way. I'm like, yes. And he's like, well, it has leaves. And I'm like, 
Holy shit. <laughs> this is a fine piece of detective where, like, all of that inference that it took him to lead to that conclusion that I didn't even process yeah. when I saw it. It was such a cool moment as it, because yeah. it was like once, because you, you fail so much. You fail so goddamn much despite yeah. your best efforts. And it was like one little moment but where you're like, victory. this is working. Yeah, and then you like, get a this victory. This is okay. Like, yes. This is a smart the fucking kid. Your son knows what a deciduous tree is. It's, it's, it's a victory in and of itself. You're gonna have then. you're gonna have those moments, <laughs> and it makes it all worth it. All right. Well, sorry to get to all sentimental on you guys at the very end here. Um, you can always find us at davesiknow.com. Email us your questions that you know one never use emails us at uh, at tdikmn as the Twitter again uh, patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. I've been chatting with Rodrigo over of the fifty five one podcast. Oh, I and, know. And uh, sounds like we might try to get a. a uh, I kind of want to get a combined Patreon podcast with fifty five one and Daves I know. And, I'm going to work with him to do get it, that done. Maybe a season ender. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you can find me, me at Texas Zeller. You can find Martin at Regular David. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. And uh, David, take us out. Thanks, man. Excellent casting. We are the Daves You Know. This has been the Daves I Know. Because we both know we can't do nothing at As you do yours, land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all, son, y'all, son, y'all, son, y'all, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.